Welcome back, Life Group Leaders, to another week of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm here with Pastor Hayden. And a reminder, here at Compass, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We do this by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything that we do, including this podcast, is to fulfill that mission to reach the world, to teach the world, and to train the world to follow Christ. Now here, um, we are now back here in the saddle again, Pastor Hayden. And not only that, we are not only back at the podcast, we are back into the book or the letter to the Colossians. And this Sunday, you'll be preaching from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. And let me read that to you guys real quick. It says, Therefore, as you, re- as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Pastor Hayden, if someone was very perceptive, they would remember that the last time we were in Colossians, you preached Colossians 2, verses 6 through 7. So why should we go back to verses 6 and 7 and then add on verse 8? Where are you hoping to take this sermon also and also the sermon series here at Compass? Yeah, to answer the first question, uh, one very practical reason we're going to jump back and look at uh, verses 6 and 7 briefly is uh, because we've been out of uh, the letter of Colossians for so long. And if you recall, verses 6 and 7 are really the thesis of the entire letter to the Colossian church from Paul. And so I think for us, we can briefly look over verses 6 and 7. It'll uh, renew in our mind exactly what we're talking about. Uh, And from an exegetical perspective, uh, when we look at verse 8, we need to be grounded in verses 6 and 7 because in verse 8, we start getting into the meat of exactly the problems that are going on in Colossae and how Paul asks us to deal with these uh, heresies, these philosophies, and the problems uh, that the Colossian Christians are dealing with. And so, really, this series, the name of it is Navigating Culture, and this first sermon is uh, subtitled Choosing the Right Compass. And we live in a world and a time where you have a lot of philosophies, you have a lot of uh, cultural opinions and ideas, uh, you have a lot of uh, human traditions, you have a lot of people who believe a lot of different things. And so, what we got to make sure that we do uh, as Christians is choosing the right compass, and that's going to help us navigate culture. Well, and so really, as we look this weekend, that's uh, the thrust of what we're doing and what we're going to hope to do is to navigate culture by choosing the right compass, and that is to be rooted and built up, established in the faith, just as we were taught through biblical Christianity. All right, Pastor Hayden, there is a lot to this text, especially in verse 8. There are a lot of um, helpful words and also some difficult ones. Do you mind walking us through some of these helpful words so that we are best prepared not only to uh, take in your sermon on Sunday, but also to lead the life groups well this week? Of course, and again, that's a good reminder of, you know, this podcast is, you know, anybody who listens to this podcast, I pray and hope and expect that you would have a great 
amount of help and insight uh, over the text that we'll be preaching this weekend. But uh, particularly, we have made this podcast to help you as a life group leader lead and administer your life group well, giving you insight that maybe we aren't able to touch on in its totality in our sermon on Sundays. And so we hope and we pray and we expect that you would use this podcast to undergird your own study and your own application of the text. And some helpful words uh, for you would be, uh, you know, the only imperative here in these three verses is see to it. It's the Greek word blipo, which really means that you need to, in such a way uh, in your life, uh, learn, understand, and be ready to apply whatever is necessary to make wise decisions based on whatever the text says. And so here it's saying, see to it that nothing takes you captive. Well, what that means is you need to make sure that you are learning and understanding and are ready to apply uh, biblical Christianity in a way where culture cannot take you captive. And we'll talk a lot about that on Sunday, so not a need to go deep there. But that see to it, that is your imperative here, is that you and us, our church, has to make sure that we see to it that no one takes us captive, that no one captures us uh, with any of these uh, vain uh, philosophies and human traditions. Uh, some other helpful words is the word taken captive. I mean, it's really the the word picture of being uh, taken captive aboard a pirate ship that you have been taken over, that you have been uh, taken captive and uh, put into enemy uh, territory. And so it's really what that word means. Another word here, it's philosophy. Interesting to note, this is the only time in the whole Bible that this word is used. Philosophy comes from two Greek words, uh, philo, right, which means love, and sophia, which if you may have a kid or a niece or a friend named sophia, that word is wisdom. And so that word there, philosophy, is the love of wisdom. Only time it's used, but obviously the concept is found throughout Scripture and here in this context, what uh, Paul's talking about is uh, the philosophies that people use. Everyone loves wisdom, and so everyone has something they believe about the world and about society, and we have to make sure that we're not taken captive by everyone's whims and thoughts about how the world works, uh, but we should be always grounded in biblical theology, biblical Christianity. Empty deceit, I mean, that's really plays off that word philosophy. Even in the Greek, it does play off there. The article philosophy and empty deceits connect those terms, meaning that your empty deceit comes from these philosophies, that people are puffed up, people have these empty words that are deceptive, that try to carry you away from understanding a good, firm, biblical foundation of what we should believe about God, eternity, salvation, judgment, uh, how we ought to live in this world, things like sexuality, uh, things like uh, raising our children, things about uh, justice, all those things. Uh, if we're not careful, we will allow the empty deceit and the philosophies of culture in the world really skew and harm our understanding of what the Bible teaches about these particular areas. Uh, number five that we have here is uh, human traditions. This is going to be a really great place for you to uh, help your group because maybe you don't understand uh, or maybe know some of the uh, Greek terms and some of the different uh, interpretations of some of these words, but human traditions is pretty uh, pretty plain, and it's super uh, practical because we all deal with human traditions. We've all had to, in some way or another, uh, trim some of our beliefs and our theologies, and we've had to trim some human traditions off of them in order to uh, more faithfully uh, submit our lives to the Bible. And so this may be a great area for you in your life group to say, what are some human traditions that you guys deal with that has actually hindered your obedience to the Word of God? And so many of us have these 
human traditions that have been tacked on to um, the Bible. And we need to make sure, just as Paul is telling the Colossians, you need to make sure that you're not doing anything according to human tradition, but that all the things that you're doing are just what the Bible teaches us to do. And so those are really your five helpful words that are going to help you get a good rounded understanding of what we're going to be uh, preaching on this weekend. And here are a couple um, helpful cross-references that are going to help your study to help better not only understand the these concepts that Paul is trying to communicate, but also be able to teach your life group. And as Pastor Hayden said, like all these things can, the philosophies, empty deceits, human traditions can take you captive. And they all of them are not according to Christ. It's anything that's not according to Christ is going to probably take you captive. Um, but it can be very hard because sometimes what the enemy, you know, Satan would want to do is to deceive you and I and your life group is to try to tack on God's word. We see this a couple times. We think about Genesis 3 with the serpent, with Adam and Eve. He tried to use God's word and he used it against Adam and Eve and they were easily deceived and taken captive. You have um, Satan trying to do that again to the new Adam, Jesus, in, in Matthew 4 and the temptations that Jesus had to face. You know, Satan used the Bible against Jesus, but thankfully Jesus, you know, being grounded in the word, you know, being the word in flesh, was able to defeat Satan and not be taken captive. And so as we, you know, Pastor Hayden dives in through the Sunday sermon and you're about to prepare for um, these life group application questions, think about, the, as Pastor Hayden said, the human traditions, the empty deceits, the philosophies that can take you and even your life group captive that are not grounded in Christ, even if they use biblical language. But Pastor Hayden, there is a very difficult phrase and interpretation within uh, verse 8, and we were discussing that some of the commentaries disagree on what it is, and it is the elemental spirits. Um, where have you and your study have gone and landed with the that difficult word and interpretation? Yeah, I'll talk about that. Let me tack on a little bit about this uh, idea of philosophies. You know, everyone works from philosophy in the general sense of the word. That is, we all have a framework in which we understand and make decisions in life, which is why we have to be uh, particularly careful as Christians, because when people are teaching our children, as a matter of fact, when we're watching uh, videos on YouTube or listening to a podcast or watching a movie, everybody works from a reference of uh, philosophy or how they see that the world works. And it's so important because as innocent as you may think uh, videos and, and uh, stories are, or the way that people perceive the world, as innocent as you may think those things are, they're actually working either from a biblical worldview or a non-biblical worldview. And so really, everyone's telling their story through what they believe is true about God. And so we always have to make sure that as we are uh, interpreting what's going on in the world, as we are making good decisions for our families and for our church, we always have to look at things and ask ourselves, is whoever is putting this out, who is uh, uh, publishing whatever media that we're looking at, what worldview are they uh, beginning from and speaking their truth through what worldview. And we always have to make sure that every philosophy, we take it into captivity to Christ. Uh, and that just is so important because everyone's working from a philosophy. Uh, and even as a podcast I listened to the other day, uh, the Truth and Love podcast, just talks about this, that, you know, all words being spoken, right, are either coming from uh, our, the truth about God or they are coming from the truth about sin. And, that, and that's the basic idea with saying is, you know, either we're going to be speaking uh, 
the words of the Lord, or we're going to be speaking the words that come from our own sin, that come from our own uh, twisted views about God. And so if we can put them in those two categories, that every single word that we be spoken from now on uh, into eternity are going to be in two different categories. Either they're being spoken from the truth of God's word, or they're being spoken from the deception of human philosophies. And so that's just something we need to hold on to, because as a life group leader, you can really hammer this home. And I think we could help a lot of people's hearts and minds change when it comes to interpreting the world and making good godly decisions. And to add a little further there, um, this is in every realm, if it's the news that you watch, the social media thing that you may follow, or the podcast you're listening to, but or even anything with kids, whatever, if it's Disney or Pixar, which is owned by Disney, or anything on YouTube, anything is is coming from a worldview, a philosophy. So it could be a helpful exercise for your life group to really examine what are you listening to and asking yourself, is this of, of Christ and built on the foundation of Christ or not? And even might be things that you might agree with or vehemently disagree with. So that is a very you know, helpful thing to think about, Pastor Hayden. Good. Uh, but to jump into this uh, difficult interpretation, there is the term here, elemental spirits, which is the very difficult uh, phrase in this uh, scripture. It's actually not uh, difficult in the overarching application of the text. It actually should not change our application very much at all, which is why this is uh, as big of a deal as it is in academia and biblical uh, uh, people learning uh, biblical languages and trying to apply these things. As difficult as it is for them to pin down what elemental spirits mean, it's not uh, difficult when it comes to how we apply it as Christians. So that's the good news. Uh, the, the hard news here is that uh, there are so many views of what this term elemental spirits means. Some people think it means uh, demonic spirits. Uh, some people think elemental spirits are the uh, actual elements, right? The elements of the earth, you know, uh, earth, wind, fire, water. Uh, elemental spirits could uh, be, uh, you know, when we think of like the heavenly bodies, right? Because they're also made out of fire and gases. Uh, there's some other uh, interpretations of elemental spirits that are just uh, slipping my mind right now. What are some other interpretations of elementary? Oh, elementary principles. That These are like the ABCs of just, uh, here's what the world says about A, or here's what the world says about B. Here's just some fundamental, like uh, things that we deal with, like uh, creation. You know, what? how does the world say creation uh, happen? How does the world and human philosophy say the dinosaurs uh, died out? Or, you know, uh, what does the world say about evolution? I mean, these, uh, they would use that as an elemental principle. This is what the world definitely says about these types of things. Uh, when we preach it this weekend, uh, what I'm going to do is in my study, I have found it most uh, persuasive to see uh, the elemental spirits as uh, referring to actual elements, that is, things like the earth and the wind and the water and fire. Uh, and I, I do that because as we look at uh, Greek philosophy and even uh, the Jewish uh, beliefs at the time, uh, one of the big problems, you even see this in the Ten Commandments, one of the gods said, you shall have no other god besides me and you shall make no other idol. You shall not have any idols. And what are idols made out of? Elemental spirits, things that we can make, tangible things, uh, gold, wood. I mean, this is what people make idols out of. And uh, in Greek philosophy, even a lot of the things in the sky were idols, like the stars, right? The sun, the moon, all of these 
elements were also deified as to uh, create all of these beliefs and philosophies, even about the elements that they see around them. So as I interpret this exegetically, uh, lay this out and preach it, uh, I'm going to go from that perspective. I find it the most persuasive. The beautiful thing about it is it doesn't matter which uh, uh, which way you take that particular term, it's all the same. That is, that in some way or another, we have twisted, and the world has twisted what uh, it means to truly follow Christ. They try to add things. They try to make uh, Christ less than he is. They try to bring God down to a a man-centered uh, uh, gospel. And what we're going to do with elemental spirits is say those things are not uh Following those things are not what it means to be a biblically literate Christian. Uh, and you say, well, who follows elemental spirits anymore? And who uh, does these things? Well, I'll say a lot of our world. Uh, since the early 1900s, you have this thing called a horoscope. You have these things called zodiacs. And I bet you know your zodiac sign. Uh, these are elemental spirits. These are things that uh, we have all of these ideas and things that people come up with, uh, depending on what day you were born. You know, what's... Uh, astrological sign that your life follows? Are you a Capricorn? Are you a Leo? Are you a Scorpio? Are you a Sagittarius? All these things. And people follow these and say, hey, if I'm this, then that means here's my temperament. Who's who? Are, here's who I'm going to marry. You know, they make big, bold life decisions based on what? Uh, people's uh, idea and views of elemental spirits. And so don't look at this as some kind of archaic, ancient problem. I mean, this is a very big problem even in today's world. And this is a difficult interpretation, but very, very easy in the application of uh, Colossians 2. All right, Pastor Hayden, when these life group leaders jump into their life groups, what is the sermon focus that you want them to stay on track as they are discipling and leading their life groups? It's a good question. Uh, Really what we need to do Uh, If we're going to navigate culture well, we're going to have to stand firm on what the Bible says. Uh, If not, we risk being taken captive by ideas and philosophies and and empty words of people, people who are puffed up with wisdom and pride, who have a really, uh, really uh, intriguing thing to say. And if we're not careful, we're going to lay our Bible down and we're going to follow the ideas of the world. And the Bible has everything we need when it comes to life and godliness. That's what scripture teaches us. And so we're going to look at everything, every statement that's made, every decision that's passed down in society. And we're going to look at it through the lens of the Bible because we believe that Christ is the Lord, the Lord of the universe. And so we're going to make sure that we look at everything through that lens because there's so many people and so many ideas that do not uh, that do not necessitate uh, Christ as Lord in their belief. And we have to look at those, take them captive to, obe- to the obedience of Christ, and make decisions based on a biblical worldview. And as this year is going to be an interesting one, and this might be a recurring thing as a life group that you might have to stay focused on, being a election year for Congress, uh, another election year for, I think, the governor of Texas, and with the abortion uh, case in the Supreme Court right now, it's, are we going to be grounded in the philosophy of Christ or the philosophy of the world? And just as a reminder, our current president and former president, our current vice president and former vice president, and our current speaker of the house and former speaker of the house invoke the Bible. They invoke Christ. They say, hey, we will follow Christ. Follow me. Uh, vote for me. And if we're not careful in just one aspect of human tradition in the United States, we can be easily swept up and taken captive 
uh, by the thoughts of the prospects of having elections go a certain way that makes us happy or or discourages us. And so are are we going to remember that Christ is still sovereign and he is in control and he's going to be the future king? Or are we going to be tossed to and fro by the political whims of, of culture? So that's just one aspect that I know that your life groups will face this year in 2022. But Pastor Hayden, this is that time to uh, jump in into our some of the resources that these life group leaders can really benefit from. What are what are a couple of the resources that you have written down for, for them? Uh, we have a few here. Uh, I think uh, Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanho- Womanhood by Grudem and Piper. That would be a good one. It's it's a longer read, but I think it would be helpful as we're trying to look at uh, human sexuality. We're trying to look at uh, being a man and being a woman uh, through the lens of biblical uh, Christianity. What does it look like? That will be a really good book. Uh, Christianity and Wokeness by Owen Strawn. I think uh, that will be a great book because we are dealing with things like intersectionality, uh, critical race theory, uh, and uh, the reality is we see those things as antithetical to the gospel. Uh, we see those things as antithetical to the unity of the church, and we have to know what those uh, philosophies teach if we're going to understand how to answer them and respond to them with a biblical worldview. Uh, one commentary that I've been using a little bit more of a technical commentary, but I think it'd be helpful for those of you who want to get a deeper uh, understanding as far as uh, some deeper insights, some different uh, viewpoints of uh, particular uh, verses in Colossians. It's the uh, James Dunn's uh, New International Greek Testament commentary on uh, the epistle to the Colossians and to Philemon. Uh, so it'd be a good one there. Uh, just a technical commentary that can be useful. Uh, Pastor Evan, what do you have a, another uh, resource on here? What do you say about that one? Yes, this one book kind of taking the Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood is a very thick and technical book, which is a really good one. But if you're a life group leader of students or your life group consists of parents of students or uh, have you know parents of kids or grandparents of students or kids, uh, there's a book called Chasing Love by Sean McDowell. There's a helpful resource to help uh, a teen or parents of teen or people who interact with teenagers think through biblically what does the Bible say have to have to say about sex and to look through it through the lens of, of the Bible versus um, what the world has to say. So it's a good 30,000 foot view resource that can help be beneficial for parents. But we have several announcements for your life group leaders that you'll reiterate this, um, this coming uh, life group. But Pastor Hayden, what are the couple announcements that you want to announce? And I'll take a couple after you. Uh, obviously, we are back to regular scheduled programming here at Compass, which means midweeks back. Life groups are all meeting. Compass students is meeting. Adventure clubs meeting. Uh, all those things are happening. And here uh, on the 12th of January, the 19th of January, and the 26th of January, where we have our new session of Exploring Compass beginning. We are having uh, quite a few people sign up, which is big news. Uh, but we want some more people signed up. So if anyone in your life group has not signed up for Exploring Compass, you can do that at compasshillcountry.org or at the Connect booth on the weekend. I encourage you to get all of our people going through Exploring Compass so they can connect and serve and uh, be a fruitful part of uh, Compass Bible Church. I think uh, Compass Women is another event you need to be aware of. It's Saturday, January 15th. Uh, we have our Life Group Women's Fellowship. That means each life group is going to plan their own fellowship and discuss the application questions from December's women's event. 
Uh, and so if you have any questions about that, you can connect with uh, my wife, Kayla, if you have any questions. And finally, we have a Compass Men. Uh, it's an men's event, January 22nd at 9 a.m. at the, the building, the church building, 2415 Lifehouse Industrial Drive. We're going to have a breakfast and a sermon. I'll be preaching on a, you know, building a great reputation. So make sure, men, that you get your life group men to come and attend. And the purpose of these events is to deepen the relationships of the life, the men in the life group and for also for us to invite people men within the community to not only meet other men of the church, but to meet men, uh, the men of our life group. And finally, there is a Compass Students uh, event that we're really excited. It's a the Compass Students D-Now. Uh, a D-Now is a discipleship now. It is a uh, at-home retreat from on February 17th to the 19th. That is a Thursday, Thursday evening to Saturday evening. So make sure if you know any teens or uh, your life group are made up of students or teens and your, your life group of parents of teens, make sure that they mark their calendars for February 17th to the 19th. Uh, that's all the sixth graders to, to, to 12th graders are uh, in, open and invited to that. And if you have any more questions, ask, uh, reach out to Jordan Murphy. He is planning the event, or you can email me, Pastor Evan, uh, evan at compasshillcountry.org, uh, so that if you have any questions, both Jordan and I would love to share the information and just pack this event out. So, Pastor Hayden, any more last comments before we sign off? I think that is good. You know, we are having a life group leader meeting tonight. And so by the time you listen to this, you will have been past that. But we are praying for you guys. We are looking forward to uh, life groups this week, church this Sunday, and all that God is going to do to build his church here in New Braunfels through the ministry of Compass Bible Church. So thank you guys so much for serving and for loving on your groups. And we'll see you guys soon. 